everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. And it's a pretty cool episode when we can talk to Laura Shera, who is the legendary Ron Shera's daughter. Obviously, uh, Ron Shera is not here with us today talking, but we are here with Bill Shirk, who's Laura's partner in Minnesota Bound. And Ron started the series, and I'll let Laura talk about her dad, but Everybody in the media world has such fond feelings about your dad and about Raven, and you guys really put Minnesota on the map. So I'm super excited that I get to talk with you as you've just recorded your thousandth episode. I mean, as a Minnesota show myself, I think I have close to 300 episodes, and I feel like I've been doing this forever. So this has been like your whole life, hasn't it? It it, it definitely has been a lot of my life. Uh, you know, when my dad started the show back in 1995, I remember him filming in the kitchen. And, you know, when they first got started in the television world, my sister and I would probably be running around the house and doing things and making too much noise. And we weren't used to having to be quiet on the set. <laughs> sure. Um, but yes, the show is celebrating a thousand episode and, and 25 years in the making. So it has been a long, a really long run. And we're thankful that we're still able to continue it. And Bill, tell me about when you became part of the program in your role, because I, full disclosure, I was saying, I also know Scott Franzen and I know Karen Cleary, who does sales for you guys. And I know a lot of people on your team, but I hadn't met you yet, Bill. So tell me what your role is here. Well, I hide pretty well. I just (laughs) locked the door to the back office. (laughs) Your buddy, Scott Franzen, is, of course, our CEO. It was actually a story about how we met and how that all came to be. But I was getting ready to leave television news in, it must have been 2003, I guess. And I love telling stories using pictures and sounds and writing. I just didn't like the kinds of stories I was telling at that point in my life. And my dad had said, you know, you should write Ron Shera a letter. I thought, I got to write Ron share a letter, but I wrote him a letter and one thing led to another. And at the time, his director of photography was a guy who I had helped get his start in television back in the day. So it just all kind of worked out and I was lucky enough to uh, become part of the team. And you guys tell Minnesota stories and you're primarily focused in the outdoor space. Has that changed, Laura, from like what your dad's enthusiasm and interest was to yours? You know, it it hasn't changed. I think what we always focus on as a team is when what has made Minnesota Bound so special is really the people and their stories. And we always, you know, are blessed to have so many people in this state that are passionate about the outdoors and really everything from hunting, fishing, canoeing, hiking, state parks, camping, you name it, all of those things. And that has remained true to the show from day one is really, it's about the interesting characters, places, and people that all the things that make our state so wonderful. And that has stayed true to through all 25 years and continues to be so. You know, I think each of us, including Bill and myself, have been able to bring different approaches to the show and fresh uh, perspectives. I um, brought back the wild game cooking um, in the show. My dad had started that a long time ago, and then I kind of took a break. And I um, am passionate about cooking myself. I love um, cooking. And I 
know just from being around a lot of wild game growing up is that a lot of people are intimidated by what to do with it. If it's in their freezer. Now, if it's only one person in the family that's doing the hunting and the other person does the cooking in the family, sometimes they don't even know what to do. So I wanted to get back and, you know, make sure we're doing the full circle of life here and showing people that it's easier to cook wild game than they think. And it's a really green way to harvest your food. And also that there are ways to cook it other than using cream of mushroom soup in a crock pot. And so I vowed to never use cream of mushroom soup in any of the cooking segments. Thank God. (laughs) Yes. And I wanted them to be chef driven, but also very easy recipes. So that's why we've worked with Chef Jim for all these years. Um, He's wonderful. And, and it's fun to see people come up sometimes and say, oh, I had a chance to try that recipe. And I'm like, yeah, you tried it because they are really easy and we use simple ingredients, but they have a very chef gourmet flavor. And that's um, been a really fun aspect of, of the show. And I hope that um, it encourages more people to try wild game. Yeah. Bill, can you think of something that maybe you have brought to the show just based on your knowledge base? Well, I do a lot of recipes using cream of mushroom, specifically <laughs> Campbell's. That's why Bill and I don't ever cook together. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know. It's this will probably sound a little bit thick, but it's the storytelling aspect for me. Um, it really is. We're lucky to use pictures and the sounds and the words. And, and you know, I got a college degree in journalism and history. And just being able to tie all that stuff together and travel around and meet people in our state and, and communicate their stories, um, that's can what's most think- important to me. Can you think, Bill, of a favorite episode that you felt like really exhibited the storytelling in a great way? Oh, gosh. I know it's like asking you to pick your favorite child, but. 1,000 episodes, uh, 723, 724. I mean, there's so many great stories, right? Just wonderful people. Yes, Minnesota is very diverse, and we have all these different cool environments, the North Shore, the Southeast, the Driftless region, the prairies, the North Woods, but. All that is amazing, but really it comes down to the people we meet. Um, oh, gosh. I mean, Kate Wednesday's oh. story about the, the dad who lost his fishing buddy, his daughter. She got run over um, walking to the high school football game, and he still puts on a fishing tournament every year. And her memory, the Slick family deer camp, you know, like 60 members up north by Baudette and one of the members um, went into a coma for like two years and couldn't go to deer camp. And one day suddenly woke up and, you know, within a year was back in deer camp. And he wanted to thank the people who had cared for him for those years. So they wanted to bring a cooked meal of deer to, you know, the, the hospital and the home and, you know, whatever, um, rules wouldn't allow them to do that. So instead, they rented buses and shipped all those people out to their deer camp to just cook them a meal in camp, right? Those are just such profound and kind of epic stories. I yeah, mean, that's just a great episode. I'll try, and, um, I'll try and link to it in the show notes so that people can can check that out. Minnesota is really rich with history, and you guys are telling these stories But I also want to touch on the business aspect because journalism has changed a lot. The news has changed a lot. Like we don't necessarily get 
a lot of these stories anymore. And how does the business aspect work? Like, do you charge people for the stories or do you make all your money back in the advertising pieces? Laura, can I tackle this one? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so there are two, there are two parts to this. Number one, journalism, right? Television production. Number two, the outdoor industry. And the outdoor industry for a long time has been pretty loose, meaning um, people are engaged in this stuff and they get pro staff deals and get some free fishing rods and a bag of jigs and a jersey that's all marked up and they call it good. But that doesn't necessarily pay for college, right? So um, we really run our production company like a business. Um, You know, when we go out to shoot a story, um, whatever that has to do with a fishing guide or fishing, it is very segmented. We're not just going on vacation and hanging out for a few days. It's okay. We travel from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. We make introductions. 11:30, we're on the water. We're shooting fishing until 1 p.m. And at 1 p.m., we shoot an interview till two. And then we get out of there. And so many people in these places we go, they go, "Well, you just got here. Like, where are you going?" Well, it's just like you, you're running a business, need to get home and need to get to the next assignment. That has helped us be pretty efficient. The other part is we have a very dedicated sales team. Um, our content is profound, but we don't last, you know, without income. And so they help sell advertising. What we think is a little bit curious, we build relationships. We have such Great long-term partners, the Aquarius Kineticos, the Rapalas, you know, all these companies that we deal with, we've had relationships sometimes for decades, and it's based on relationships and reputation um, and return on investment. And yeah, so that's part of how we stay in business. What I miss, Laura. Um, You didn't miss much. That was a great explanation. We don't charge people to be on the show, you know, part of keeping the show true to itself is really making sure the stories are, are great stories with really interesting characters or places or um, stories to tell. So that has always remained the same. And, you know, we have been fortunate that our sales team is, they're awesome, but we've had amazing partners and our show really sells out way far in advance um, as far as advertising goes. So that's been um, a blessing and that they do a great job at really setting up wonderful packages with social media and all those things included. So yeah, um, it works really well. And that's kind of the new frontier, right? So you guys are producing these beautiful stories and then do you find ways to share them on social, whether it be through Facebook or Instagram, or is that part of the package that you're offering now? As you yeah, Laura, Laura will definitely answer this one, not me. She yeah. is fantastic <laughs> at social media. Oh my goodness. I try to keep up. It moves so fast. Uh, yes. So, um, and of course our sales team would speak the best on this whole, on this question, but the answer is yes. When there is a partnership developed with a company or client, um, social media is included and depending on if they are working with the show directly, that they will be featured on Minnesota bounds page, Facebook page, Instagram page. Um, of course, all of our Minnesota bound full episodes go up on YouTube 
And then they are also put up on Amazon Prime Video. So we're making sure we're hitting those streaming people. And then if a company wants to individually work with Bill or myself and the show together, um, we will also then, of course, be posting on our, our social media pages as well. I mean, social media is just part of everyday media now. So it's definitely part of the process. You know, Bill and I, we're not as active as we should be on social media. We're getting better at doing it, but it is kind of, it is part of the job now is, is social media. Yeah. It's really, it's come full circle in the expectation too, not just of companies, but of media folks that used to be that you did your job and then you went home and now, you know, you're supposed to be on and accessible and it is kind of hard because you have to find a line that works where you don't feel like you're at work all the time. Yes. We'll, we'll meet with potential advertisers. We'll, we'll meet with potential advertisers and sit down and they'll look at some of the numbers. We'll say, well, we get 37 million eyeballs a year. And they'll say, yeah, but how many Facebook likes do you get? <laughs> you, know, you go, well, things are changing. Yeah, it was kind of like that. I've been in a lot of advertising businesses, direct mail, radio, newspaper, and all of a sudden the social came on the scene and it's, it's free. I put that in air quotes because of course nothing's free. But when I talk to small businesses and just business people, they're like, well, most of our strategy is digital and social. And they do kind of forget that, you know, in terms of pairs of eyeballs and literal eyes seeing things, that there is a lot to be said about these not these traditional mediums still, they still do a great job. And how you balance all of that and hit all of those is really interesting and really part of the story. Because if you're just talking to your Facebook followers, you're kind of in an echo chamber of your own creation. So it's interesting. You, I think back to, I don't know, probably 15 or 18 years ago, a great set of television gear to have broadcast quality video. You had like 50,000 invested in a single camera tripod battery. Very few people could afford that. So these big networks like ESPN would come to us and say, we want your program because you are professionals. Now jump ahead 18 years later and professional quality video is on everyone's cell phone and they can pick up a DSLR camera for 800 bucks and they can produce content everywhere, right? So now the slice of the pie, there are just millions of these slices. So for us, we have tried to stick to quality storytelling, journalism, um, high production value. We have the best award-winning photojournalists in the industry to a point that's sort of been our niche. That's how we've been able to survive. It's not all on television anymore, but it's all these other spots Laura talks about. And that's you know how we've progressed in the next chapter. Do you guys also do, like I know some content companies are expanding and producing content for their clients that isn't necessarily driven show driven. So like, are you working with any companies to chronicle their stories in different ways? Are you becoming a content creation company and that happens to produce Minnesota bound or are you Minnesota bound specific? And that's, you're just going to outdoor brand it. We're Minnesota bound and people love that type of storytelling and content. So we have companies like Polaris, um, companies like Bushel Boy coming to us saying, do what you do. Can you share, help us tell our story? And we do some of that, but, but at our core, we produce our own content. Right. 
Okay. And are there other products that Minnesota Bound is working on besides the show itself? Like, I don't know if you're doing events or if you're doing gun shows or whatever the other items might be, because the outdoors world is so vast. Mm-hmm. Laura? Yeah. You know, Ron Share Productions as a whole has numerous television shows besides Minnesota Bound. So they have Destination Polaris, which um, is a national nationally syndicated show on Fox sports. And also they have um, made for the outdoors. They have, um, Oh my goodness. Why am I forgetting flush. the flash? Thank you. <laughs> Rooster tails, um, other shows on the outdoor channel, et cetera. So yes, they've been very busy as far as creating content in other arenas. And of course, do North outdoors, which is on um, ballets now. So that has been, and continues to grow as we move forward. You know, Minnesota Bound, of course, is the the, the main, mothership. The mothership, yes. But there's been a lot of other shows that have been produced um, from the production company, for sure. I really admire the work that you guys have done. It's not easy being in this space. You know, it's just there's so much content that's being created and it's moving so fast. I love that you're hanging in there and that you're not only sticking to that quality piece, but also helping the advertisers connect with something that is so Minnesota centric and that helps them move the needle in terms of selling their products. And I will tell you, um, we've talked a lot about Care 11 the last few weeks and our outstate markets. They have stuck with us and supported us for decades. We're 26 years into this. And Parent companies with accountants sitting in some office in New York City don't always know what Minnesota Bound is, but these stations have fought for us. Same with Fox Sports North, which is now Bally's. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have been such key partners of us, and, and they butt our programming up against live sports, which are strong numbers and broadcasts. Like those sorts of things have been so helpful and helped us survive. You know, we're just so appreciative of those people, but it takes those relationships um, to make it and In, to continue. Indeed. Well, I will connect to your YouTube channel so that people can watch your episodes. The thousandth episode, can you say what it's about? Your program, this particular podcast is probably not going to release for a couple of weeks. So can you say what your thousandth episode topic is? Go ahead, Laura. Yes. <laughs> you know, our thousandth episode is really celebrating um, who we are, where we came from, and what is the future and the legacy of Minnesota Bound. And um, we go through a little bit of history and uh, how much our company has grown over the years. And, you know, Belinda Jensen Care 11 used to be on Minnesota Bound. She used to be a, a roaming reporter. So um, we kind of just take a, a little history ride and then my dad finishes it off with what's the future of Minnesota bound. So we have a one hour special, actually primetime special on care 11 coming up on November 13th, Sunday. So we're excited about that. And then we're also live in studio with, with Belinda, not live, but live to tape in studio. Sure. With Belinda. We talk about some of our favorite stories and things people may not know about the show um, kind of behind the scenes look. All right. Well, I love it. Thanks for spending time with me, Bill and Laura, and for allowing us to get a glimpse in Minnesota Bound. Thanks for championing Minnesota. I'm a homer too, and I love it. I really appreciate your time, you guys. Stephanie, we appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye-bye.